What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Sure Shots. My name is Brian Tanguma. Sitting electronically, definitely more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? You know, I, I just got to ask, like, why'd you say, like, definitely more than six feet? You know, like, is there a particular reason? No, not, you know, because even though it's summertime, we're still practicing social distancing, being good people, abiding by all the local mandates, as everybody else should. Because just because, you know, it might not be as bad as it was last year or earlier in the year or whatever, you know, there, there's, there's still a thing going on. But anyways, Dominic. Big show, or not big show. The big I show? guess to, today's a big show. It's always a big show. Every 201 episodes has been a, a big show. And or I guess 200 episodes. This one's going to be a big show. But actually, this month might not be a big show. It might be a shorter show, but we're going to see what's going on. Dominic, as, as I said earlier, how are you doing today? Oh, well, you know, I may not have a lot of pep in my step because I'm a little under the weather. Um, you know, but nevertheless, I am fine. I am here. How are you? Eh, well, doing doing just fine. Haven't really been working this week, which I'm a little scared, which means they're probably gonna make me work a lot next week, even though I will be I will be away on Friday. So next week, half of the show will be emanating from Chicago, Illinois. So that should be a fun little dandy. But we got some news to talk about in the meantime we're going to go over the mlb standings as we always do and we're going to go over to the american league east we got the tampa bay rays still leading that division uh this the top two teams in this division have been on an absolute scorcher the tampa bay rays have gotten 280 wins the first american league team to get 280 wins we have uh they've gone nine and one in their last 10 while they have won their last five but they are not the hottest team in that division, not even by a country mile, because it is the New York Yankees. They are 75 and 52. They are 10 and 0 in their last 10. And they have also won their last 12 games. I am currently watching the Yankees take on the A's. They're trying to extend to a 13th game. We'll see exactly how that pays out. But the Yankees firmly grasping that second or the first wild card spot. Sorry, they are, but they are still four and a half games back of the race. So it's very similar to the Giants and the pod or the Padres. We're talking about the Padres in a little bit, but the Giants and the Dodgers over on the West, where despite the Dodgers playing fantastic, the Giants are hanging right there with them. And it must be obviously Yankees fans are happy that their team is playing this well, but it might also kind of suck that they're winning 12 in a row and yet they're still four and a half games back of the division lead i mean it's still very possible that the yankees can overthrow tampa bay but i mean i i i kind of agree with you that it doesn't matter how well they're they're playing tampa bay is just gonna keep going and keep doing what they're doing um by the way tough loss last night i watched that game and very very sad to see them go out like that We'll, uh, we'll talk about that once we get over to the American League West. But the Boston Red Sox, they hold that second wildcard spot by two and a half games. They're playing mediocre right now as the five and five record in the last 10 would suggest. They uh, are coming off a shellacking 
of the Minnesota Twins. Uh, they are currently playing the Cleveland Indians at the moment. So definitely a winnable series for the Red Sox and uh, my Toronto Blue Jays that I definitely did not curse are three and seven in their last 10 and have lost their last two. They're playing the Tigers, Dominic's Detroit Tigers. So maybe that's a uh, way for them to bounce back. But uh, currently they're six games behind the Red Sox. Still a month left in the season. That's going to be a common occurrence for a lot of these teams we'll talk about. But it's uh, I was hoping that the pitching was going to really pick up and it, it hasn't exactly done that. They still have a really good uh, run differential of plus 112. But... They uh, they still have not been able to uh, to do very much. Do you is is it time to to write off the the Blue Jays or is it still? Uh, a little you should have wrote them off after the All Star break, but that's, that that's just me. But the thing is that the thing I was gonna bring up was: Do you think last year was just a fluke for the Blue Jays and how well they were doing, or do you think it's just they're having a bad a bad bad year? Well, they're a, they're a young team, as the memes would suggest, because they pretty much just have a bunch of juniors. But I, I, there's definitely upside. They're definitely going to be better than what they were this year. Now, the pitching needs to improve, whether that is getting – I mean, and they also they had Kirby Yates. They, they signed him. He hasn't played at all this season, but that definitely has done a blow to the bullpen. But it's not just the bullpen. It's not just one spot that's been terrible. It's been everybody, the starters and the bullpen. And Marcus Simeon – as much as it pains me, he's been fantastic. I, you know, obviously I thought he was going to be really good. I didn't think it was going to be this good. And yet he is a balling out. So, you know, adding Marcus Simeon different from last year, still not able to really get over the hub. I mean, they're 66 and 61. Yes. They're kind of out, kind of out of contention at the very moment, but they're still playing relatively good baseball. Now. I think it's just more the expectations of where, you know, a lot of people might have had them in the playoffs or the World Series or something like that. that They would take the really big next step. So, I mean, last year was only 60 games. And so I don't know exactly if you break it down by 60 games, how the season would span out for them. But I still am optimistic of the future of the Blue Jays, and especially because they were bouncing around at the beginning of the season. So hopefully now next year, they'll be in Toronto the entirety of the season and I can really kind of calm them down and be able to get into more of a rhythm. Okay. You know, cause I, I was just feeling that I think to me, it was more of a fluke. I felt like, uh, you know, they're a good team up and coming, but I don't see them do anything for a few years. It's just me, but I want to get your take on it. And we got the American league central, the uh, division we never talk about because ain't shit changing over there. We got the Chicago white Sox 74 and 55 holding a nine game lead over actually forgot rewind it red hot Baltimore Orioles right now. Well, I guess not red hot anymore because they lost, but uh, they had a 19 game losing streak after the cat game against the uh, Yankees and they lost 19 straight and then they won two games in a row. So they're tech. Are they out of it? You know, we got to show some love them. Good for them to the Baltimore Orioles. Make Cal Ripken proud. Exactly. Then we got the American League Central. Same shit, different day, 74 and 55 for the White Sox, holding a nine-game lead over the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Indians nine games back of the White Sox, eight games back of the Red Sox. So, uh, I mean, I mean, they're actually playing pretty well at the moment, seven and three in their last ten. They've won their last two ball games. So Cleveland's probably out of it. Obviously, you know, nine and eight. 
a little better position than Toronto, I guess. But uh, then Dominic's Detroit Tigers, third place. So they're fighting for 562 and 67. Now, I don't think they're going to be going, you know, winning a pennant or anything like that. But I got to give you your, your props, Dominic. Detroit, I think definitely a lot better than what a lot of people suspected. You know, I don't even remember why I picked them, but I mean, you know, Detroit could be could be a sleeper, just like the Rockies. They could be sleepers, but they decided to sleep more than play this year. So, yeah, unfortunately, you know, sometimes they just they went through their their alarm. Maybe they they put their alarm on snooze. They turned it off, but then they just went right back to sleep. And hopefully, you know, they grow some responsibilities next year and they can wake up on time. Speaking of responsibilities, let's go to the AL West and. You know, something that the A's don't have anything is responsibility because they suck balls. Wow, Dominic, hot takes over there. But yes, the American League West, the Houston Astros standing atop that division with a 75 and 52 record. They are five and five in their last 10. They have won their last two ball games. They're playing the Texas Rangers at the moment. And yes, in second place, the Oakland Athletics, seven, 70 and 58. Five and a half games back of the Astros, two and a half games back of the Red Sox. They have lost their last five games, two and eight in their last 10. And they have lost out of those five, four of those are just absolute heartbreakers. They won against the Giants on last Friday, last pod, or I guess day before last podcast. And someone may or may not have jinxed them saying that they're going to sweep because I definitely was serious when I said that. Yeah, I mean, I played it back. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, they only the Giants, that is, only led for three innings that entire series. And they took the series two games to one. A.J. Puck gives up a bomb off of, was it Donovan Solano off like the first pitch? Yeah. Just show and go. Yep. Uh, I forget what the other dude's name is who did off Trevino in the ninth inning. But I mean, the, the Giants, we'll get to the Giants on the uh, National League side. But the A's just struggle bus central and. We thought maybe the bats were going to be the thing that's going to carry them because, you know, they're the lose Liam Hendricks. We didn't really see a front line starter. And now Chris Bat, you know, Chris Bassett took one off the cheek and he's presumably done for the foreseeable future. I don't know, you know, cheek fractures and however long that uh, timetable is, but obviously that's going to take a little bit for him to recover from. And yet, the bats have just gone stone cold and we've talked about how streaky of a team it is. There's still a month left in the season. They have a lot of games left to play against the Astros at the back end of the, of the uh, season. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this is a bad streak turns into a good streak that leads into October, but it's a, uh, it's de- and they have a terrible schedule up ahead. I mean, they're playing the Yankees right now. Hottest team in baseball, definitely not a team you want to face when you're losing five in a row and you're kind of struggling to string hits along and shut the door. I mean, for me, it, it just comes down to, um, I, I mean, it, it's baseball one-on-one. I mean, I think a lot of them are trying to swing for the fences and just making contact with the ball. Um, you know, uh, I mean, you, you, I don't want to put the blame on it because I know this is something I said when Loreano first got, suspended but you know I, I think if if they're playing fine you know you can't put anything on Loriano. but with them I'm not gonna say tanking but with them playing as poor as they are you know he was always that person that could get on base that could get get everybody going so 
I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start to push that panic button and start blaming Loriano. I mean, you know, I'm not saying if he was here, things would be different, but I feel like the overall morale and um, capabilities would be there. I feel like with him not being there, they're just not giving a fuck. But the thing is, is they got Starlin Marte and Starlin Marte has been absolutely phenomenal. They read the stat off last night to where he is leading. He's in the top 10 for stolen bases in the National League and the American League. He's almost like Ricky Henderson at the moment. I mean, just I think he's what, 18 for 18 for stolen bases with the A's. Every time he gets on on first, it's like an automatic double. And it's crazy to think that if Marte wasn't on the team, adding Loriano's suspension, this team would be like even in a deeper hole. And it, it sucks because Marte is kind of that piece that should take them over the top, but yet everyone else is kind of taking a step back. Matt Chapman has gotten hotter, but you know, he's not like on an absolute tear like maybe people wanted him to be. I've never really seen Matt Ols- or Matt Chapman as kind of the, you know, he's definitely more of a defensive third baseman, but he has the capabilities of popping off. But um KD. Uh, not Kevin Durant, but Chris Davis. I th- I think we talked about it kind of like, you know, one off just saying, oh, they signed him. We'll see exactly what happens. But he's having an absolute he's on an absolute tear right now in Las Vegas, the AAA affiliate for the A's. I don't know what exactly his streak is or how he's been doing, but he's hitting bombs seemingly every single day. The September call ups are, you know, a couple of weeks away, I believe, or a week away, whatever. Do you think Kevin? Not Kevin Garnett, not Kevin Durant, Chris, Chris Davis. There you go. I mean, I'm looking at my Chris Davis giveaway bet 2018 MLB home run leader. So oh, how the man. mighty have fallen. But yes, yes, Dominic, I know you we've talked about Chris Davis a lot, especially when he was trash these past couple of years. Thoughts? He's on fire. Do you kind of pull the trigger? And he he's a defensive liability. He's just you're basically just bringing in a bat. Do you jump the gun and bring him in before the September call ups? Who would you who would you replace him with? That's that's the issue. It's like you got Tony Kemp, you got Josh Harrison, and Josh Harrison actually's been playing up pretty good lately. I mean, all the uh, all the trades the A's have made honestly have been uh, pretty damn good. I mean, the only one that really stands out is like Mitch Moreland because he's kind of the same thing. He's mainly like a DH, a bat. He's a you know a solid backup first baseman, but you know Matt Olson has it on lock. That's the only one I can really think of, but you're not sending, you know, Mitch Moreland down. And I don't know how everything really pans out. I think you're kind of banking on an injury because I don't think there's really anybody that you want to, you know, send down or I mean, DFA or who, is, whatever. Is Piscotty still is he's not on the Piscotti. roster. He's 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 sent down, right? Yeah. Piscotty's yeah. hurt. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, doing anything with my stepdaddy, Chad Pinder. I mean, uh, maybe maybe it's about time to give him a break. I did see the uh, a Chad Pinder jersey when we uh, went to the game on Sunday, and I was thinking about it, but uh, it wasn't on sale. So maybe if I go back, maybe I'm gonna pull the trigger on. Are you, are you and uh, Tyler gonna go? Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna go on Sunday. You know, I'm gonna be another third wheel. I'm such a great, you know, I'm such a versatile tricycle. Oh, so Haley, Tyler, and you? Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be so nice. much fun. Yeah. Drink a beer for me. Okay, I'll drink a beer. Are you guys in tailgate? Uh, probably not. Oh. It's the primetime game, so hopefully they're not uh, staving off a sweep, and maybe they're going for the series win. Who knows? <laughs> okay, whatever you say. But 
just forget about the actual who you got to send down or who you got to cut. Chris Davis, he's on a tear. The A's lineup is utter trash right now. Do you say fuck it and bring him up and see what he can do? I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You bring him up and he shits the bed. It's like, all right, we're stuck with you for a couple months, a couple more weeks, and then we're done for the season. So I say fuck it. Fuck it. The Seattle Mariners, they are in third place. Uh, a game behind the A's, so they're just nipping at their heels at the moment. They're 69-59. and 59. They have a pretty a nice record. Uh, lost their last one. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. It's just... You know, just kind of more of a byproduct of the A's being so trash lately that the Mariners have been able to kind of catch up a little bit. So, I mean, I, I still have more faith in the A's getting their shit together, but they got a tough road ahead. The A's, and it's the last, I think, two weeks of the season. It's the A's facing the Mariners and the Astros. So that's going to be kind of a way for them to step it forward. And maybe the way the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing, that the A's really are going to only have a shot at the at the division. But uh at the wait about to that one. Then over in the NL East, we have the Atlanta Braves. Yes, my Atlanta Braves. They are 68 and 58. They are leading that division by a pretty wide margin. They were on their own streak for a little bit. They played the New York Yankees, you know, my World Series pick, no big dealer. Both those teams are the hottest teams in baseball. So I'm going to take my victory lap, even though it's the end of August. But yeah, they've been playing fantastic, eight and two in their last 10, but they have lost their last two. Atlanta finally putting together, despite not having really all the pieces you really thought, especially Ronald Acuna. This division is kind of dog shit. Atlanta, the only team over 500. Now they're 10 games over 500. So they have a really big lead, five and a half over the Phillies, seven and a half over the Mets. I'm not, you know, I, are we crowning the, the Braves or is that still too soon? I mean, everyone in this division right now is on a losing streak. So that just kind of shows you how trash. I mean, you can is. crown them if you don't want them to win the division because it seems like if you say, oh, Atlanta has it unlocked, I mean, that's Philly or the Mets are going to come back. So, I mean, if you, unless you want the Atlanta Braves to lose, don't say anything. Oh, the, the Braves, they are going to choke it away. They are just going to go on an absolute downslide. It's exactly the same reason why I don't have the A's making the playoffs because both these teams are dog shit. Uh, you said it, not me. As as we kind of talked about, Phillies, 63 and 64, five and a half back, uh, six and a half for that wild card. We'll talk about the wild card in a little bit. Uh, the New York Mets, seven and a half and eight and a half. They are 61 and 66. Any real possibilities being for real? Lance Storm being serious for a second. Phillies, Mets, they have the talent, but both these teams just have not been able to put it together consistently. Yeah. And with the, especially the Mets losing some key players, I, I mean, I would count the Mets out. Philly, maybe. So I say it's between Philly and Atlanta right now. We were really, it just came out, I think, like last week or two weeks ago that it seemed like DeGrom is done. And now he's like back to throwing. So I don't know what the hell is going on here with with uh, Jacob DeGrom, but they, they need him. I don't know if it's going to be enough, but we'll uh, have to wait and see about that as the old cliche goes. Then we got the Milwaukee Brewers in the new in the uh, National League Central, 78 and 50. They hold an eight game lead over Mix. Mr. X is Cincinnati Reds. They had a series uh, earlier in the week, Milwaukee taking two out of three. So the Reds weren't able to climb up the division ranks but the reds at 71 and 59 they have overtaken the san diego padres and now the reds 
are the second wild card holder, Dominic. It actually happened. We haven't jinxed them yet. I mean, yet. You're going you're gonna to slip up either this week, next week, maybe the week after. You're going to slip up. You're going to jinx them. So just watch yourself. Watch, watch myself before I wreck myself. But Reds, they're, they're playing fantastic. They've you know finally put in the pitching together. So that, that's nice to see. They're almost kind of like the A's. They're a very streaky team right now. They're on a hot streak. Hopefully they can consistently, you know, they can keep it that way. They have a two and a half game lead over the Padres at the moment. So they have a little bit of wiggle room, but obviously you don't want to falter too much because the Padres, they are talented as all hell as well. And you don't want to see them get hot and you kind of go in a little bit of a skid. And the next thing you know, you're three games back and there's like a week left in the season. So, uh, you know, shout out the Reds. I think they are they're great but they're also dog shit. They're not going to make the, the wild card. They're going to choke it away. There you go. So am I just going to the entire podcast just when it comes to sports and I'm just going to say the complete opposite just so I can. Yeah. You're, you're going to voodoo. You're, you're gonna have to say that Winston's going to fucking throw 70 interceptions and like he's going you know. 40 for 40, baby. Exactly. Uh, moving on. Oh, well, to finish it out. Uh, St. Louis 64 uh, just, and 62. No, 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 no need to keep going over the fucking central. It's dog shit, dog shit, dog shit. So. Wow. Uh, then we got the New York. Not, why do I keep wanting to say New York? The National League West, the San Francisco Giants, 83 and 44, best record in baseball. First team to 80 wins. They are 83 and 44. They are on an eight and two in their last 10, winning their last five. We talked about it. They were able to get it done against the A's on Saturday and Sunday. Gabe Kapler, you know, he got trashed over there in Philly, but yet he is doing fantastic in that. Like that weekend series was just a microcosm. They were out hit. They were pretty much outplayed the entirety of the, the series, but yet for three innings, he made the exact right move when he needed to, and it paid off big time. And that's just kind of what the giants are doing. They're they're They've won their last five. They're not playing great, honestly, but they're just able to do enough to win. And that's what's kind of scary. I mean, what's scary is the fact that, Everybody was counting them out this year with a stack Dodgers and a stack Padres. It was everybody was counting them out, and they're coming out fucking just bats of blazing. Pitching is fucking great. Defense is great. You know, offense is great. So I mean, it's it, it's surprised me, just like everyone else. But um, yeah, I didn't expect this, and they're doing absolutely absolutely wonderful. And this definitely will pan out. It's definitely will work for them if when they get to the playoffs because. For the most part, a lot of those games are going to be very, very low scoring, very tight. And especially in the National League, you you know, plug and play a right pinch hitter or right, you know, something or another double switch. And the Giants are just pushing all the right buttons at the moment. And I think it's, you know, we're, we're in the last d- days of August. And I'm pretty sure the uh, Giants are going to make the playoffs at this point. Uh, they uh, are trailer. They are leading the Los Angeles Dodgers by two and a half games, as I said, both of these teams are playing fantastic. The Dodgers are nine and one in their last 10, winning their last three because they're coming off of a sweep of the San Diego Padres, who are 68 and 61. They are 16 games back of the Giants, two and a half games back of the Reds. I mean, oh, what a couple months will do because Dodgers and Padres was must watch baseball, you know. Uh, Tatis just, you know, dick slapping Trevor Bauer all over Dodger Stadium. And then now they have a week, 
a week series and it i mean they had a fantastic you know 15 inning game longest in the whatever new extra inning rule history but it's just it's kind of fallen off because the padres have fallen off who are the padres again because i feel like you know every, they had this great big fucking eco at the beginning of the year and i, I don't know what the fuck happened I, you know, Tatis goes down for a little bit. They, the pitching, not exactly working out to their favor. I mean, they're just kind of all, all around, not playing very well. And the Reds, they're a hot team, a streaky team. And, you know, one team goes up, the other team goes down. And now you're two and a half games back to the wild card when everyone was crowning you to whether either win the division or at least make the number one wild card, let alone, you know, trying to chase the, Cincinnati Reds, no disrespect to the Reds, Mr. X, but I, I mean, if we go back, I probably was like, oh, you know, the Padres, they're a lock. They're probably, you know, maybe they could even win the division. No one really saw the Giants except for those crackhead Giants fans across the Bay. Yeah, crackheads. Yeah, it's okay, Dominic. I know it's going to be a tough September into October for you, but I'm here for you. Okay. Yeah, cool. That is it for the uh, MLB portion of the podcast. Moving on over to the NFL. We got a lot of NFL news. We got some starters. We had a bunch of key quarterback controversies. The one that was named today, maybe the biggest one, the one closest to my heart. Jameis Winston was named the starter of the New Orleans Saints over Taysom Hill. Uh, Jameis Winston had a fantastic showing on Monday, maybe boosted a little bit by Marquez Callaway having some two fantastic touchdown catches, but Jameis being named the starter, Taysom Hill, I would assume is he's still going to be Taysom Hill. Like when Drew Brees was under center, he's going to have his own packages. He's going to be a tight end and have his little, his gimmicks, but I've always liked Jameis. His eyes are fixed. That's the, well, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about who says that, but Jameis, I, I mean, I've always liked him coming out of Florida state. Yeah. He's kind of a gun, a gunslinger, but in this offense with Sean Payton, Michael Thomas is a big, big question mark. I think this is good for the saints overall. Dominic thoughts on Jameis being the starter. I mean, I, I, I understand why I feel like he has more experience than Taysom Hill. But on the other side, Hill has been there learning learning from Drew Brees, learning from all the offensive coordinator to all the QB coaches, you know. So I'm on the fence realistically. Um, I think as the second Winston starts to fuck up, you take him out, you put Hill in. I mean, you can kind of do what they did in Miami, which was like they kept going from Tua to, to Fitzpatrick. Like, you can keep switching. But, I mean, realistically – I understand why, but the second he the, the second he starts going off the deep end, you you snatch his ass and you put Hill in immediately. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Um, as much as I love Jameis, I do understand that it's a little bit of a short leash. Now you don't have Michael Thomas, you know Alvin Kamara's. He's gonna be fantastic fantasy wise. It's definitely better for the Saints overall because I, they're gonna be much more pass heavy. They're gonna be able to move the ball, I think, more quickly and effectively with Jameis, and I think that's why they put Jameis as the uh, starter, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. If Jameis goes on, you know, he throws three interceptions in the first half. I wouldn't be shocked if they, they bring in Taysom Hill and 
it, I mean, it, it'll depend what the, the score is like, because if they're down 21, you can't exactly count on Taysom Hill to, to throw you out of it. But um, we, we uh, you know, overall, we'll get to our predictions next week. But moving on over, we got Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Big Dick, whatever you want to call him. He is the Dominic. You might want to mute your microphone. Your microphone's unmuted. Oh, sorry. Sorry. There we go. We got uh, Teddy Bridgewater. He is named the starter of the Denver Broncos over Drew Locke. Now, this one, for fantasy purposes, it doesn't really matter too, too much. Uh, you know, I haven't, sorry, I've been paying attention to Denver Broncos training camps or preseason games. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he's been, I, I liked him when he was with the Saints. I think he uh, should do well. He did well in Carolina last year so you know being able to uh, get another opportunity and it, it's similar to Jamison Taysom I think it's kind of a shorter leash but I think they're going to let Teddy kind of figure it out and he, I don't think Ted, he's a very accurate passer he's not going to go he's not Jamis he's not going to just throw it all over the place he's not going to make a bunch of mistakes he might he might you know be too cautious he might you know dink and dunk well maybe you got to throw the bomb so this one, it's the Denver Broncos. It's not going to be the sexiest thing to talk about, but thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater being the starting quarterback. The mascot has a, a really big opinion about that, but I mean, Ted, Ted, I, I've always liked Teddy. So I think in Denver, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. Uh, got Jerry Judy, right? So he has some key, key weapons over there that he can make deal with and he's still fast. So. So, yeah, then uh, going to Jacksonville, the uh, the Hagwires, the AEW football club, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he is officially named the starter over uh, Gardner Minshew. Not exactly a surprise. Maybe wanted to hold off on him a little bit, get him some seasoning. But uh, Trevor, it's Trevor Lawrence's job. You drafted him number one. Everyone knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of time when and if. And here he is starting uh, week one, Dominic. What are you expecting? I mean, we knew this was going to happen, but what are your kind of expectations for Trevor Lawrence coming into the season? Oh, man, he's going to fucking throw for, you know, 10,000 yards. He's going to be a fucking G, dog. Yeah, he's going to throw for 10,000 yards. So he's going to double the all-time passing record. It's because there's that yeah. extra game. That extra game really helps him. Exactly, right? No, I'm no. Uh, all joking aside, um, I see him having a having – a, a good rookie year. Now, what does that mean? I I, I don't think he's going to take him to the playoffs or anything crazy like that. Justin Herbert is there up more, less. I'll probably say somewhere around the same, same vicinity, maybe a little bit better. Okay. Okay. So basically you got Trevor Lawrence as the lock of the rookie of the year is what you're saying. Cause if yes, he plays better than Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert was the rookie of the year. So then, yeah, there you go. I think Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be fantastic. Yeah. You know, for rookie sake, I don't think he's going to go out there and throw for 10,000 yards or maybe even 5,000 yards. But they are it's they have a bad defense. They're going to throw a lot. They're going to have to come from behind a lot. So he's going to really, you know, pad those stats. And he has a lot of, you know, good weapons around him. Now, he did lose a weapon, Travis Entian, his former Clemson running back partner, now his Jacksonville running back partner. He went down with the foot on Monday. Uh, I don't even know what you call it, like a – whatever i'm not a doctor he you know messed up his foot a little bit we didn't think it was gonna be too too serious maybe it was gonna leak into the uh the season but no gone for the year this shouldn't affect him going forward i think he'll still have a, a really good career but this does 
This does hurt the Jaguars, but it also helps for fantasy purposes. James Robinson, I think he's going to have, I already liked him beginning with NTN and now without him. Fantastic. You know, I'll, I'll let all the fantasy stuff go for points and doings, you know, since, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spill any tea, you know. Why don't you want to spill any tea, Dominic? What, what tea is there? Is it like some spicy tea? You know, I, I, I don't want to ruin points and doings for some people. Okay. I'm a nice guy. Oh, you're right. You're a good person. I'm a good brother. You are a good brother. Then, uh, I mean, anything from, from NTN, obviously, you know, you, you don't know too much about his college career, but, you know, first round pick, you, you drafted him early. You paired him with uh, Trevor Lawrence. So obviously had big, big plans for him and he, uh, he gone. I mean, I, I think, I think he'll still, he'll, he'll be fine when he comes back. So I'm not, I'm not really nervous about anything like that. So. So, yeah, that is it for the sports, Dominic. We are already done ripping through this. So now let's go over to the fan mail segment, otherwise known as. I can't do the singing of the day. So it's just Mr. X's questions. And friends. Actually, there's no and friends, but I just wanted to do it. There's I mean, I did, I, I did it last week. Would you like me to sing it again? Oh, shout out Mr. X. It looks like he was at the Reds game today. Yeah. Honoring legendary Reds radio broadcaster, Marty Brenneman. Shout out, shout out. Hope you had fun. Looks like a nice ballpark. We should go sometime. We should go sometime. Anyways, he says Anyways. hello again. Oh my god. He says hello again. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh please tell me Tyron Willie is going to beat Jake Paul this weekend. Tyron Woodley is gonna beat Jake Paul this weekend. We all know Jake Paul's going to beat that ass dog. He's going to take a dive. Jake Paul. Next next Muhammad Ali. I said it. So we, we don't talk about Raw on the podcast, but thoughts on uh, Logan Paul. He was on Raw, and he just got absolutely booed out of the building. And it was fantastic. I mean, that's fine with me. I mean, if I would tune in just to boo him. Pay all your money just to boo Logan Paul. Yes. And yes. or Jake Paul. Both. I'll take both. But uh, yeah, was it Jake Paul? He's the one that's fighting, right? Yeah. Uh, facing Taiwan Woodley. It's a step up in competition. Woodley is washed. He did not have a very good you know, career after he lost the title, but uh, it's a bo- I assume it's a boxing match. He's a wrestler. It's very similar to the Ben Askren thing where you're bringing in a, a washed UFC fighter who's more of a wrestler. Box it is in a strong suit. And, you know, all jokes aside, like, Jake Paul is a decent boxer. Like if he like legit, like put his mind to it and like trains and does like, I'm not saying he's going to win any titles or anything like that, but he, he's a, a decent enough boxer to where, you know, people will shit on him, but he's, he's actually pretty good. Oh, I was, I was fucking unmuted the whole time. I didn't even know. If, oh, that's awkward. Um, yeah, no, I mean, both, both Paul brothers are decent boxers. So wouldn't surprise me if he actually does win. So hate to say it, Mr. X. Sorry, I'm uh, a little preoccupied with something. Something that's more important than this podcast. No, no comment. Not gonna say it. Say it. Say it. What? No, not gonna say it. Just say it, Brandon. Are we uh, looking after points and doings? Uh, No. The fuck? 
Oh, okay. Well, you said, you know, something more important in this podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Ew, points and doinks. Ew. Oh, were uh, you looking after Trapdoor to Hell? I might have listened to their podcast a little bit today because, you know, the Fremen, the Wait. enemy part of the Fremenies messaged us and said, like, oh, he's, well, he, he sent us the thing of uh, the Fiend Funko Pop that they're releasing. And he's like, didn't they just release this guy? And I'm like, yeah. And then uh, he said, like, you should listen. What, what do you say? We'll, we'll save it for the and friends portion of the podcast, Dominic. Uh, fine. Fuck. Making me sick. Which NFL team has impressed you the most so far during this final preseason game? Uh, I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys because it's the only preseason games I've watched. And when I mean watch, I mean watching hard knocks. And John Carlos Stan just shit on a ball. He, 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 put it the sec- he put it second deck over Mount Davis. God damn. Left center. Goodbye. Audios Pelota. Jesus Christ. It's 472. The A's are losing. Yeah, yeah. One to zero. Oh, once it, you know what really grinds my gears, Dominic, is before the game even started, Sean Maniah trots out there with his like light green, whatever glove, kind of like, like a acid, not acid wash, but like a very light, light green glove. And he's worn this glove, used this glove for 20, for 25 of his starts, every single start of his season. And they told him he couldn't use it. And the umpires come out and they say, oh, you can't use it. And then he has to go out there and he has to fucking get a new glove. Like what the, what the fuck is going on here? It's these god stupid ass fucking umpires just be like, oh, look at me. I don't, you know, we apparently no one was paying attention when he was warming up. No one, you know, watches the tape and sees that he uses this all the time. And yeah, it just it really pissed me off. It's those goddamn Yankees. So, They're like, oh, that damn Yankees. That that's his magic glove. Got to take it away from him. That's his magic glove that he's used to pitch eight and eight on the season and have like a three seven ERA. It's really magical. Damn, to me, you really feel. I'm just spitting facts. So you're going with Dallas. I'm going to go with. I don't know. Raiders Ra- 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 are actually doing pretty good this season, but I don't want to talk about them. Uh, let's see. Can the Orioles win at least one game before the season ends, which they already did. So congratulations. Booyah. Give it up. They broke it. 19 win, 19 losses in a row. And I, I did like uh, they they posted a TikTok and it was like, oh, you know, MVP greatest thing since Babe Ruth. We fucking beat him. And they like base boosted. It was amazing. You know, I'll send it on TikTok. Oh, you don't have TikTok. I'll send it yeah, to the studio. I don't want the thirst traps on my TikTok and then studio audience fucking beats the shit out of me. So I don't send you thirst traps. You know, uh-huh. friend of the frenemies strictly told me no thirst traps. And I honor that. But apparently my brother does not honor that. And he sends thirst traps. <laughs> Josh, you asked. Well, anyways, what is going on with Elias? Apparently before he wasn't wrestler, but now he is. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on with these vignettes. It's like, I, I don't know if it's like they switched course because at first it was like, oh, Elias is dead. But then now Elias isn't dead. Is he like, I don't know. And like for Elias, the person, the wrestler, I am very, I'd be worried if I was him because his whole gimmick was playing the guitar. He was over by playing the guitar. And when he was wrestling, he was not a very good wrestler. So now his gimmick is going to be a wrestler. I, I don't see this working out so well. So why do we have Elias and not Bray Wyatt? I don't understand that. Uh, speaking of Bray Wyatt, I've been told we're going to talk about a Bray Wyatt Funko Pop. 
Oh my god. Okay, whatever. Okay, I didn't know if we I didn't know if we were done with the sports or not. We can just put that in before we talk to the wrestling. Or we are talking about wrestling. What the fuck is going on here? I'm Oh, what what what, what Travis said. Hang on. He said he's so he, sent, he sent me a screen. Yeah, I know he did. So <laughs> I can I can say that he's a little bitch. I don't care. Um save the chest. <clears throat> he's a little bitch. There we go. I know we had Trace Atkins on the podcast. <sighs> I was about to say, don't break my heart, but never mind. That's a Billy Ray. Um, anyways, he saw on Facebook, it was a Festival of Fun 2021. The Fiend Globe pre-ordered this Walmart exclusive. You know, guess someone shops at Walmart, can't go to Target. Jeez. Um, uh, he said, seeing this Facebook, didn't WWE fire this guy? I said, yeah. He says, I want to know yours and Jesus' thoughts on the pod. And I said, hashtag cancel trapdoor question marks. I said, LOL, I guess since I have time, I can listen a little bit longer. He said, go for it. Ha, ha. Have you listened to uh, the podcast? Because they, you know, they threw us some barbs, but then you know, Travis was really hamadan kind of midway through the podcast. I think it was still during the sports portion. Uh, I can tell. Oh, God, you dropped my phone. I can tell you where I'm at right now. I'm at seven fifty-seven. Seven minutes and fifty-seven seconds. Yeah. That that's. Okay, we're not fucking playing them on our own podcast. They go oh. listen to themselves, all right? Oh, Trapdoor to hell. You find it wherever you find us, all right? Anyways. Was there a question about that? Or was, he was just showing you. What is the fiend? Is it? He said festival of friendship. It's not like melted fiend. It's... No, it's him. It's a fiend in a fucking like elves costume. Okay, now I gotta look this up. Fiend oh, pop. I could just send you the fucking thing on Twitter. Jeez, Brandon, fucking annoying. I see a misfits. It's not a misfits. Copy photo, Brandon Tangula, paste. See, just send it to your Twitter. Okay. Oh my God, I got something from Twitter. Oh, Kerbos and Chersha sent something to me. Ooh, look at that! Isn't that so pretty? It does look cool. I said festival of fun, not friendship, asshole. Whatever. What was the Festival of Friendship? That was the Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens thing. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, apparently I saw this on the internet, so it must be true that I guess because of like all the releases and everything, that like the WWE 2K roster is like super outdated right now. Oh, geez. That's that's just fun. That's going to be a massive update when you first get the game. It's gonna, Omos is going to be just so OP. 99? Yep, 99. 99 speed, 99 strength. Yep. God tier. And it was- we got two questions left. Come on, can we just finish it up? Because I'm, you know, coming down with a sickness. Ah! <laughs> what kind of storyline exactly do they have in mind for Brock? Will he just be focused solely on the Universal title and not address Heyman's sort of turning on him and joining his former en- enemy? And will An Paul enemy. be torn between his current lover and his ex? That's a little awkward, but nonetheless, answer the damn question. I think you have to address it. Now, I don't know if you need to like go deep into it and be like, oh, you know, why'd you leave me, Paul? I thought you loved me, man. You fucking you left me for Roman. Oh, Brock, I thought, you know, you weren't coming back. So I had to divvy up my portfolio. I don't know, but we'll talk about SummerSlam after Mr. X's questions. But I'm I'm very excited for Brock Lesnar, babyface Brock Lesnar, ponytail Brock Lesnar, bearded Brock Lesnar. It's going to be fucking amazing. I am very excited to see what they do with this Roman character. I was excited to see what they do with the Cena character with Roman. And it was just kind of 
blah. They just kind of threw it out there. But, uh, you know, I'm holding my, you know, I'm keeping my hopes up that they can actually tell a cohesive in, I mean, I don't know what you can do in terms of in-depth. Brock isn't the best promo in the world of the best actor, but I do yeah. think Brock is, you know, a little underrated. I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's Ric Flair or Paul Heyman, yeah. but I think he's a decent promo, like when he has something like really to dive into. And if he's talking oh. about Paul, it's sort of real. So you get a little bit more out of him, I think. I'll fucking say it, a hair versus hair match. Ooh, I, but I can't let Brock Lesnar's hair go. Exactly. So Roman gets his head shaved. Bam. But Anyways, that, last but not least. Random thought this, for Brock Lesnar. Apparently he's supposed to have like eight matches in the next year and a half. Any Anybody you're, you're thinking of you want to see? Roman for six of them. And then two one-offs. One with... Uh, one with Omos and one with Cena. Okay. What about a Karrion Cross? You like Karrion Cross? Shut the look? fuck up. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Last question. Do you think this whole Dark Order unraveling storyline has anything to do with with the disc? Oh, okay. For a second, I was like, is he saying disc? But it's because Hangman left that disc on the table. Um, anything to do with the disc Hangman left behind when he told them that they needed to part ways, and this is all part of some big plan he has. I don't know how long Hangman's actually gone. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to if like he's if they've had the kid or not, but I wouldn't think that they're gonna Dark Order is gonna break up, and then maybe maybe Hangman gets them back together. But it's kind of weird because we're kind of going back in time to where we had like the Dark Order and at the beginning of dynamite to where they were heels and they were like not over at all, but you know, the Johnny Hungy and uh, whatever his other buddy's name is, I forget. But if you kind of break them off and have them be faces and have Uno and Grayson as the heels, that would make sense. But then I think they're still better together collectively, like having Uno being kind of the lovable, lovable kind of idiot who's kind of smart from time to time. So I still think, especially with the Brody Lee situation with, you know, negative one. I think at the end of the day, they need to continue to be baby faces, but maybe you have a little detour to where, you know, it's, ha- it's they're split apart, but ultimately hangman kind of gets them back together. And if, and if they're still waiting for hangman for, for that Kenny hangman feud to culminate that double or nothing, or, you know, next year, let's say this could be a, a reasonable detour for him. But I also say you don't want to, they had something really hot this summer and they went away from it. There's no guarantee it's going to be that hot again when he come back to it, though. Yeah, well, if if he was to win the title and have a kid, well, you know, he just had to drop the title immediately. I get that, but if you understood that he was going to be gone, you know, maybe maybe you don't tease it. But then, you know, Everybody I was a good tease. I, I get it. You know, you got the kid. You gotta, you gotta take care of the kid. You know, we love the kids, except for Michael Jordan. You know, fuck them kids and stuff like that. Anyways, that is that it for Mister X's questions. Yes. Okay. So let's get on into the wrestling portion of the podcast. Uh, we had a big, big weekend last weekend. We had uh, the return of CM Punk, but we also had some wrestling shows. We had SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver. We're going to go over SummerSlam first, not going move for move, blow by blow. But Dominic, first, your overall thoughts of SummerSlam. Obviously, Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch, the two big things coming out of the show. 
you know, I have to take the mic and uh, bring it a little closer for this. What they did to Bianca Belair. I'm not a fan of hers, but what they did was wrong. Becky Lynch should not have come back and one punched her to victory. It wasn't a one punch. It was a one punch cheap shot and a manhandle slam. Rock bottom, but whatever. Uh, it was wrong. Becky is over as a motherfucker. She did not need to go in there and do that to win. Could have, you know, if she's not ready to wrestle, she does not need to be on the card. I think you could have had, you know, Bianca just squash Carmella. You could have had, you know, her just look fucking amazing. Maybe Becky comes out after the match, says I want next or something like that. Would have been happy. But no, Becky came in, fucking rock bonded her way to a title. It was wrong. There's so many issues I have with that just entire segment to match everything. The first one is advertising Sasha Banks when you knew she wasn't going to be there for over a week and you almost kind of like double down or whatever, like on the night before, like, what are they, what are they doing? It's something WWE does all the time where they false advertise and be like, Oh, you know, card subject to change, even though you need, you did need to do it like that. And then they bring out Carmella, you know, then they bring out Becky and I agree with you. Like they didn't need to have the match then and there. You could have held off have a stare down, have this epic moment of Becky coming back, do a promo segment or something or another, you know, have Bianca do what, you know, Becky did to her, her, have Bianca just squash Carmella. I know they had the match, I think on, on Friday, but just get that over with boom. She wins the title and you just go straight into Becky. Cause I would assume they did this more because Becky isn't really in ring shape. She just, you know, she had the kid a couple months ago. You don't want to, you know, rush her back into it. And apparently Becky, it was her idea to turn heel, but just because it was her idea doesn't mean it's a good idea. And if she wanted to turn heel, she could have done it in a match, do a double turn. Wait, that's her. a heel turn for her. Apparently. Well, that's well, terrible. I haven't, I, I haven't seen anything yet on SmackDown, but she's, she's cutting a promo. I haven't seen exactly what she's talking about, but the internet saying that it's her idea. She's supposed to be a heel, but I mean, what she did was a heelist move. She cheap shot at Bianca and she beat her. I mean, but it's Becky fucking Lynch. And that's the other thing. It's like people are going to cheer her. It's just like Stone Cold at WrestleMania 17. Like, yeah, maybe creatively you want to turn heel just to do something different, but the fans still love you. They don't want to boo you, even if you are a good heel by your acting and your mannerisms, stuff like that. The fans are going to still like you. And yeah, that's it's a it's a complete mess. And not only did they they're messing up arguably their two top women stars. You you I hate saying buried, but you buried Bianca and you hurt Becky Lynch in the process. And that was one of like the one of the key matches that you had left in your back pocket that's not overused, especially in the women's division where they don't have a lot of good talent to really go to. You have Becky and Charlotte, that's like the big big one they can really put on. And maybe they're going to it because both are on the titles and you have Survivor Series where it's a one-time year where everyone wrestles, where they wrestle for brand supremacy, all that bullshit. But, yeah, they they didn't need to do this. And yet they did. And it's just shaking my head. It it angers me. Well, Brandon, the only good thing that came out of this whole show was the Beast Incarnate returns with his horrible man bun looking like a Dean Ambrose fucking steroid freak. Stare, stared down Roman, which was a little disappointed he didn't beat him up or something or try did, to hit. did beat up John Cena. 
he did beat the fuck up out of John Cena. Good for you. But, you know, Brock Lesnar coming back does help a little bit at least. It definitely does help. And uh, it apparently it's kind of something to appease Fox because Fox wasn't too happy that they got CM Punk because CM Punk did have his little contract with Fox. So they did have a relationship there. So uh, I'm excited. As I said, I'm excited to see what Brock does. We've seen Roman and Brock so many times, but it's a different dynamic. I like Brock as a baby face and I've wanted him to be a baby face for so long after, you know, 10 years of kind of playing the same thing. And maybe I'm not going to say Brock's going to just come in and just completely switch up everything, but being more of a baby face, having a different look, it's going to help. Even if he might not be doing, he's probably going to be doing the same things in the ring. I'm just more curious about if he's going to just not talk or if he's actually going to be holding a mic and actually talking because, you know, the whole time he's been with, with Paul, he's might have said maybe a line or two. So now that he doesn't have anyone, unless do you think somebody comes out and becomes his new advocate or something? Shelton Benjamin. I, I, I would like that. Or, you know, I, hey, I'll take I'll take Kurt Angle. You know, but they, I mean, back in the early 2000s, they had that whole little, you know, the whole little storyline of them two, like, you know, going after each other. So I wouldn't mind even Kurt. They, they, they could be funny together. The only thing that is kind of a downturn for me is that this match is probably going to happen at Blood Money. They announced it. The crowd did not like it. And also, we're going to probably get a match, another match between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley, another bad, you know, outing for Goldberg both of them you know Goldberg almost dropping Lashley on his head Goldberg just kind of stumbling bumbling around and they get to the finish where it's a whatever referee stoppage is like oh they're really protecting Brock Le- or Goldberg and then they continue on with the beatdown, and then it, it comes to my realization that oh no they did this so they can do another match god help us and we're getting the blood money. And then the, the, the kid jumped in and Lashley just tore tore that motherfucker apart. And which might have been I, the second best thing on the show behind Brock Lesnar. I really wish Lashley would have just, you know, when he realized it was the kid who looked at I wish he would have picked him up and F and uh, like, you know, like you know, slammed him or something like that. That would have been a lot better than just putting him in the full Nelson, but that's just me. Well, you know, the Goldbergs aren't exactly the best sellers in the world, so you can't ask him to do too much. And you don't want to hurt the kid. He's only 16. Even though he looks like 27. Uh, the motherfucker dabbed the last time he was on Raw, so we can kiss my ass. Damn, Dominic, not a big fan of the dab. Moving on to the Sunday show, NXT TakeOver 36. Uh, another, you know, solid TakeOver. Maybe not on the uh, the highest of ends like we've normally seen TakeOvers, but uh, quote-unquote, end of an era. One might say we had the Cameragram's LA Knight match to open. Cameragram gets the win. Fun opener. You know, athletically, it was fine. I think I like the ladder match a little bit more, but Cameron Grimes gets the win. I thought it was a fun, solid opener, Dominic. Well, you know, Cameron Grimes is money, and now he's worth a million dollars. So good for him. Good for him. R.I.P. T's and P's. Who's dead? Isn't millions of dollars? Isn't that crime time? Isn't that the primetime players? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, yes, wrong African-American tag team, Dominic. Uh, I get confused. 
Yes. Uh, then we get the women's title match. Dakota Kai loses to Raquel Gonzalez. So it was a it was a fine match. Nothing really to write home about. We get Kaylee Ray. She comes out on the stage, and that's going to be Raquel Gonzalez's next opponent, presumably. Uh, we also had uh, Frankie Monet on NXT kind of run her mouth a little bit. So maybe they uh, do a number one contendership match there. But uh, thoughts on the match and now Kaylee Ray, a part of NXT US. I mean, love to fucking see it. She was an absolute beast on the UK scene. I can't wait to see what she does here. Then the best match of the weekend, best match of the month, maybe best match of the year. Ilya Dragunov taking on Walter NXT UK Championship. Walter over an 800-day title reign, and it comes crashing down with Dragunov tapping him out, put him in a chokehold. Walter taps out immediately. These guys just beat the absolute piss out of each other. It was fantastic. I mean, what more is there to say? It was just, I had high expectations, and they still were able to outdo those. Best match of the night? Hmm. I guess I'll give it to them. Sure, why not? I mean, you. I mean, we can keep going and you know see if there's anybody better. But I think this was the best night, best match. Damn, what a hot take, Dominic! That you thought this was the best match of the show. You know, motherfucker, I'm six. A fucking sigma. Well, anyways, anything else on the match besides that? It was the best match of the show. No. Okay, then we get. The three stages of hell, two out of three falls match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole Bay Bay. Uh, hate it. First fall goes in like three minutes with the roll up because that's what always happens in these two out of three falls matches. But then uh, Adam Cole gets the win in the street fight. Then kind of an abrupt ending where Kyle O'Reilly gets the win in the cage match. Uh, crowd was obviously behind Adam Cole in this one wasn't i mean it was a solid match it was probably i mean it was the second best match of the show but it was kind of bogged down a little bit i think by the crowd response and kind of the abruptness of the ending i i love the abruptness of the uk match but then this one kind of doing it back to back it didn't it didn't hit the same as the drag it off choke out i mean but I, what do you got what do you expect adam cole's not didn't resign so you know they're not going to they're not going to give a fucking spectacular finish right why not if he's uh, if he's out the door might as well you know try to kill him right no because they want a working relationship that's why uh so yes adam cole this is apparently his last day with wwe he is a free agent no word yet on exactly where he's leaning what is he going to do and we've talked about this so many times I believe he has not debuted on SmackDown because I think if he did, I would have seen it by now. But as we stand here, where is Adam Cole going? He's going to Monday Night Raw, baby. Okay, that, that's all you got. He's he's going to Monday Night Raw, baby. Baby, baby. No, baby. Okay, baby, baby. I got no. him going to AEW. It makes too much sense, and of course, because everybody you want. To have fucking five star matches in AEW has to have all these WWE people. Brandon, why don't you be a little original, huh? Shit. Well, apparently WWE isn't going to be scouting the indie scene anymore. So apparently that's just all up to AEW to, to scout. So, I mean, damn, it really sucks that AEW is going to have the entire indie scene now that we're kind of opening up from the pandemic. 
to be able to scout the best talent to just have the pick of the litter and not have to worry about really any competition. It's going to be really tough for them to do that. I mean, I think so. It's going to be very hard, very hard. Very hard. But then let's uh, move on into NXT proper. No, Adam Cole on the show. Uh, no real mention of him, I do believe. Uh, we have mil- the million-dollar celebration. We get uh, cam- cameragrams. And Ted DiBiase, they have a little celebration. We uh, cameragrams gives the title back to Ted. Ted gives him a toy title in exchange. So kind of wrapping a bow up on this feud, retiring the Million Dollar Championship. I I loved it. Maybe not in terms of, you know, being it, uh, you know, very entertaining or anything like that, but I liked how they wrapped it up, get rid of the million dollar title, and Grimes can move on as babyface. You know, uh, I'm I'm excited to see where they go forward with this. Hopefully, the storyline is done with, and I want to see him start becoming a little more serious, and you know, preferably maybe a North American title run. Okay, we get Ridge Holland taking on Timothy Thatcher and Holland gets the win here. Holland also had a win on the pre-show of uh, the takeover. So they're definitely giving a big, big push to Holland. Kind of the you know first inklings of, well, we have another match. It might be even more, maybe the future of NXT, unfortunately. But uh, Holland gets the win over Thatcher, a big beatdown after the fact. So uh, Ciampa kind of makes the save a little bit. So maybe they're, they're leaning towards Ciampa and uh, Holland later on down the road thoughts on either the match or kind of the sustained push that Holland's getting right now. I mean, Holland is a fucking beast. I think he, he has the makings of being a, a champion one day. Um, I, I think a good test is Ciampa and hopefully, you know, hopefully they put on a good match and, you know, we can see what Holland actually has to offer. We had Samoa Joe come out. He kind of doing his little victory speech, and we get the parade of challengers. Uh, for some goddamn reason, LA Knight comes out, even though he just lost to Cameron Grimes, so that makes no sense why he's coming out there. But we get the the typical what you would expect. We get Kyle O'Reilly. We get uh, Pete Dune. We get uh, Ridge Holland attacking Kyle O'Reilly. So uh, we've talked – I mean, we talked about it when Samoa Joe first made his debut that we thought that Pete Dunne was the apropos kind of first guy, but they maybe – I would assume they had a plan in mind for him to face off against Joe. And do you think that's where they go next? Because they have a little bit more juice in it because they have kind of laid those, those seeds down. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know where else to go. I think that's the best option. Yeah. I mean, I think it is the best option as well, unless you do turn Kyle O'Reilly heel, which I don't think that's what they're going to do, but it's the best option. Pete Dunn, if Pete Dunn staying with the company, but I would, if I would have put money, I would probably lean more towards Pete Dunstane than Adam Colstane. No knock on Dunn. I think he's, uh, you know, he's found a nice groove here in NXT, and he might honestly, if he, if he were go to AEW, I think he would maybe get a little lost in the shuffle more than if he were to stay with WWE. But anyways, uh, we get Casey Catanzaro teaming with the very underrated. Caden Carter. They take on JC Jan, JC Jan, JC Jane, and uh, Gigi Dolan in a tag team match, and Casey and Caden get the win. So pushing them a little bit for the women's tag team division. And then after the fact, later in the show, we get Mandy Rose, who just has a sustained history of winning championships, the greatest of all time. She's uh, taking JC and Gigi under her wing officially now. She's never won a title, has she? I, I believe not. 
Oh, okay. It's just, just making sure, you know, but you know, take, have to be, to be mentored by her, you know, top, top of the class right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get Kaylee Ray. She gets a, a quick squash win. As I said, we had a little bit of an interaction with her and uh, whatchamacallit. Frankie Monet. Thank you, Dominic. Uh, any thoughts on that? Do you think we go number one contendership match and Kaylee Ray just wins? Maybe they, they boost her up uh, Monet a little bit. Have her face off against uh, Gonzalez with a little interference. I mean, I, I think you need to build her up a little bit, Kylie at least. Or Kaylee, whatever her name is, you got to build her up. So to go, I, I would have her, you know, get a couple matches. Frankie probably being the, you know, the uh, the final boss, so to speak. I'd like that. Then we get uh, the finals of the breakout tournament. We get uh, what's it, Carmelo Hayes defeating Odyssey Jones. So in a surprise turn of events, the small guy who has a lot of history and you know can actually work a little bit actually gets the win here. Uh, the match was okay. I mean, Jones, great personality. I think he, ha- you know, he's a really good talker, but definitely there's a little bit more to be desired when it comes to the in-ring aspect. So uh, Carmelo gets the win. He technically, he has a future championship opportunity. It would make sense to go out for the top dog in Samoa Joe. Maybe they go down the route to where he challenges for the North American title, or he challenges for the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Cruiserweight Championship. Who was the North American champion? That would be... Oh, that'd be Swerve. Swerve. Yeah, that guy. Oh, man. I almost, for, for a second, I almost thought they retired because I do I can't remember the last time they defended that, but then that... Okay, makes sense, because Bronson Reed was a champion, and then he didn't really do anything, and then Swerve's a champion. He's not really doing anything with the title. It's more just hit row and legato. So that, that's why I kind of blanked out for a second. Yep. And, and I'm here. And Dominic is here. Then uh, Zion, Quinn, something, two beefy men bumping meat. The future of NXT, baby. Uh, defeats a Boa. Boa loses in like a minute. We haven't seen Zia Lee since she lost to Raquel Gonzalez. I don't know what's going on with her. Uh, the whatever they that grouping is called, you know, it's kind of fallen off. But this was not a very good match. Two big boys bumping meats. Is this the future of NXT, Dominic? Are we gonna? Is this what we're gonna have to look forward to? Yeah, most likely. That's what Vince wants, and Vince will get it. What Vince wants, Vince will get. Then in the main event, we had the North American champion, which McCall it, uh, Swerve Scott with. Hit row. They uh, took on Legado del Fantasma in a six man tag. And Legado del Fantasma gets the win with a distraction finish. Love to see it because Curveballs and Chair Shots is new favorite Instagram follow. Electra Lopez, she joins Legado del Fantasma. Uh, she hits uh, what's her face with a crowbar. She tosses it to Swerve and Swerve instead of just tossing the the pipe out of the ring. He looks like an idiot and does like a 360, hands it to the referee, and they gets rolled up. I hated the finish. It does intrigue me to, you know, add in a, a woman into Legato del Fantasma. So now it's an even four on four. Uh, but the match itself, the in-ring wise was was really good, as you'd expect. But then the finish was hot garbage. What you didn't like that finish? That's probably one of the best fin- finishes I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah. What 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 tops it? 
what tops it nothing that's the best one ever i mean what you know what what does it top what what comes in second place was it like the distraction finish from last week's nxt the week no before? the one before that oh, okay got it got it got it yeah I what mean, about like what about the ones with like Lily the doll like winking and like scaring yeah. Dewdrop? What about that? I think that one's up. That might be number two. Oof, that, that that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Probably, I mean, close. Dominic, have you seen the uh, new logo, quote unquote, for NXT? Yeah, it gives me MTV vibes for some reason. Uh, it gives me Nickelodeon vibes for some reason. You know what? You know what that means? That means you're gonna have SpongeBob. Versus Plankton and Hell in a Cell. You know what this also means? This probably means no more Poppy on NXT, Dominic. It's going to be all Wale now. I will. I'm, I'm going to sell everything WWE in my house for now. I, I'm done. Free if Poppy. If Poppy's gone, I'm gone. From watching NXT, not gone, like dead. Yeah. Finally, it's good into AEW Dynamite. Uh, Orange Cassidy takes on Matt Hardy. Cassidy gets the win. Uh, Hardy got busted open pretty bad with the uh, busted up nose crowd wasn't exactly like as invested as I thought maybe they would, especially for an opener. Uh, I think they had some tapings beforehand. So maybe that tired him out a little bit uh, thoughts on the match. Cassidy gets the win. So it makes sense on the finish, but I think the interim wasn't the best. I mean, was it just me or did Cassidy have some stiff shots on Max and Matt looked like he was fucked after that match. Well, I mean, he did. I think Cass didn't. He like fell on his face or not fell which, on his face. Which, which goes to show you that, you know, Matt could take a punch and Orange Cassidy is a stiff worker. Fuck Orange Cassidy. I'll beat his ass if I ever saw him in the street. Dig, can you uh, beat Aaron Judge's ass because he just had a three-run bomb to make it 5-0? to zero? No, but I'll beat all the A's players' ass because they're fucking making a laughery of laughing stock of Oakland. We get a Jer- Chris Jericho promo. It feels like e- eons ago, but yes, the Jericho MJF match was just last week. Uh, Jericho cuts a promo saying that he's lost to MJF three times now, and he wants another shot. Last shot, one opportunity. This is everything I ever wanted, and now he is putting up his career on the line, or at least his wrestling career. Uh, MJF approved. He agreed, so this will be a uh, another match added to the all-out lineup. I like the promo. This is probably the probably the best thing that happened on the show, honestly. And Jericho to MJF again, running it back. I kind of wonder why they had the first match to begin with, unless it is to get MJF the win just for Jericho to win it back. Thoughts on the promo and the now, you know, the stipulation. I mean, let's be honest here. Chris Jericho, MJF, everything was great up until that that, that match. It was such a lackluster. I mean, like I think everybody says, like, oh, the first first half was kind of a bummer. Second half it picked up, and then the finish was just kind of like, wow, that's it. So I think this last match, you know, all or nothing for Chris Jericho, it's going to mean a lot. And um, you know, excited to see how everything plays out. You know, Chris is going to win, so it, it's it, it, it's it, it's a lock. One might say Jericho has to go all out to get the win. You make another pun like that, and I'll leave. We get the Lucha Bros taking on the Varsity Blondes in the semifinal of the tag title tournament, and Lucha Bros get the win. Makes sense. Uh, Lucha Bros taking on uh, what should we call it? Jurassic Express. Uh, I would. It's already been taped, but it's airing 
uh, at this very moment. So we do not know exactly what the finish is, but a good match uh, from these four guys, you know, maybe a little bit of an abrupt ending. I really did like the ending in terms of after the match where Jurassic Express comes out, the Young Bucks push the Jurassic Express into Lucha Bros and the baby faces actually acted smart and reasonable. They didn't just fight each other because the heels did something dastardly and stupid. They talked it out and then they teamed up on the heels. Logical. And are you a logical it. fan or are you a normal fan? A logical fan? I mean, I would like to think that I'm, you know, smarter than the average bear. Because I just feel like, you know, like if somebody, you know, like if I feel like that's the one thing I, I do in this podcast, I've realized with you, it's like, you know, if, you know, if the Lucha Bros and Dress Express like started fighting each other, you'd be like, oh, why did they just team up? It would make more sense. They teamed up. But it's like it's a wrestling show. It's scripted. <laughs> like, like, you know, just, just go with the ride, buddy. I just go with you the just, ride and just have, but, but, you know, people, you know, have terrible storytelling. Yeah, exactly. You just, yeah. you just, you just ruin it. Okay. So then that must mean you love WWE Raw and SmackDown, right? Because they have fantastic storytelling on that show. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we get Jamie Hayter and uh, Red Velvet. I would say no one could hurt. So I can ask for, but Red Velvet absolutely ate shit on a moonsault and came up empty. Gotta love it. Uh, we already talked about the Dark Order issues. I don't know if you asked me the question, but I don't know if you really gave your topic on what you think is going to go on with them. Airplane. I can hear the airplane. It's I can, you know, we live so close to each other, Dominic, but yeah, we still do it over the internet. Yep. You know, anyways, no, I mean, I asked Mr. X asked the question and I give my opinion because, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. All opinions matter, Dominic. Not mine when I'm coughing every second now. Then we get the CM Punk promo, the anchor between the first and second hour. Did not get an electric over-the-top reaction like it was in the United Center, but nothing is going to top that reaction, let's be honest. Uh, CM Punk cuts the promo very, uh, very similar to what his promo was on Rampage. It, w- it was fine. I would say maybe the weakest part of the promo itself was you know him talking about Darby Allen. I know they're going to talk on Rampage tonight, so hopefully we get something out of it. Darby's not exactly the best promo in the world. He's you know he has his little vignettes, which definitely makes him different, which makes it better for him. But you know we're a week out. I think they're definitely just leaning more on the fact that like oh it's CM Punk's it's his return match. Who really gives a shit who he's wrestling? Which is it's true. I mean, let's be honest, but I, I was hoping maybe getting a little bit more in terms of like the why he was like, oh, I like Darby. He would have been my favorite if I was 15. Like, OK, there's probably a lot of people on my roster you liked when you're if you were 15. Like, why? Why Darby? I mean. Part of me, part of me doesn't want to know the explanation because I think everybody already knows the explanation. You know, it, it's because he still holds a grudge with Vince and Hunter and Stephanie and all, all the upper brass at WWE. It's because, you know, he, he he's tired of the same old, same old. He probably wants an easier, lighter schedule. So, I mean, I think everybody knows why. So I'm, I'm not too in, in the need of that. But what is the why, Dom? You said everyone knows the why. I don't know the why. I just told you he still holds a grudge and you know, just but what does that have to do with him wrestling Darby? Why would he hold a grudge for wrestling Darby? 
Well, I mean, Darby called him out. I mean, he didn't call him out. He just said, you know, you're the best in the world. He didn't say CM Punk by name. And CM Punk hasn't even but referenced there's only that. One, there's only one best in the world with CM Punk, though. Actually, it's Shane McMahon. Shut your mouth. Uh, any other thoughts of CM Punk? Uh, Booker T saying that the promo on Rampage was, was hot garbage. I mean, Booker T, just, just, just shut your mouth. No? Okay. Anyways, great analysis. Uh, speaking of Darby Allen, okay, Darby... You, uh, the last time I said plane, you said, oh, we could hear the plane. You didn't hear the plane going by, so I didn't say anything? Well, I can I can hear the plane, like IRL plane, through my own headset. So I can hear the plane. I can't hear the plane through your microphone. I can hear the plane through my, my ears. Well, I mean, I just... I didn't want to start talking, then like... You know what I mean? I mean, we've had enough unrequested noises going on through this podcast. What's wrong with the plane? Fuck it. Put it in the plane. Fuck you. Let's go. Darby Allen, John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston take on the wingmen. Uh, you know, competitive squash match. Something we saw a lot on this show. Uh, Darby gets the shine. He gets the win over J.D. Drake. Good job. Yep. That's all you can ask for, right? Mm-hmm. Mira calling out uh, Eddie Kingston. TNT title match. Maybe on TNT or maybe on All Out. Uh, any thoughts on, on that? It's been kind of a recurring segment Love the past couple of weeks. to see it. Eddie Kingston has been working his ass off. He deserves this. And Miro needs to get taken down a peg. Uh, Christian and Kenny and Don Callis and all of their cronies uh, have a promo segment in the middle of the ring. Christian, not exactly the most over person in the world, but he puts forth a good effort, good performance. Don Callis doing his shtick as well. Kenny doing... Kenny Stick for better or for worse, being a goofball idiot, world champion, and yeah, I mean, very similar to what we've seen in the past, but it was it was good. Despite me not liking this being the main event for All Out, or at least the title match for All Out. I mean, what will make you happy, Brandon? Hangman Page. I mean, that would be cool, but I think it's a little late for that. I mean, they already put up a graphic. It's they can't turn back on it now. Christian Cage and Kenny, they have a graphic. They have to wrestle now. I mean, that's how it works. WWE doesn't. Maybe AEW starts doing it. Oh, so they're going to be a bunch of assholes and Christian Cage has like a bum ankle or something and they've known this for two weeks, but yet they're still going to advertise them and then just pull it out at the last second and then Kenny Omega wrestles Michael Nakazawa, but then Dana Bryan comes out and and then Dana Bryan one-punch hims and hits the rock bottom and then he pins him and boom, we're done. Yeah, but I mean, now now you got me thinking like maybe Dana Bryan runs down and, and fucks over Christian Cage or, you know, does something like that now. Now I'm thinking about it. Uh, the internet says, according to, I think, bodyslam.net, so not the uh, the biggest name in the world, but they're saying that uh, Dana Bryan or Brian Danielson is going to debut at All Out. We thought maybe Arthur Ashe. If this is the main event of Christian and Kenny, I think that they need to end it with a bang because I don't think this match will be super-duper over, especially if everyone just kind of blows their load with a CM Punk match. Do you think that's they need to end it with the debut, whether it is Brian or Cole? It's going to be Brian because Cole is on Raw. Okay. 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 Jeez. Then in the main event or the final match on the show, we get Malachi Black destroying Porlo Brock Anderson. Uh, then Malachi Black goes to hit the kick on Arn Anderson. He blocks it, but then he takes him to Dick Kick City, then hits him in the face. 
you know, they, they pretty much they advertise this as a squash match. That's what it was. Black is over. He's a heel, but everyone loves him. It's kind of similar to the Britt Baker situation to where they're definitely trying to hammer it down that they're heels, but everyone everyone loves them. I mean, for me, I don't see why this was the last match. I mean, Brock Anderson is a fucking nobody. You know, giving him the limelight, it's not cool with me, man. Malachi Black does a fucking beast, so whatever. It's fine. Overall, this show was, I mean, they they drew 1.1 million, you know, a high rating for them, but not astronomically high, not the best they've ever done. They have CM Punk back. They kind of, this was, I mean, honestly, like a kind of weak show. Do you think they should have like put forth a, a better effort and like really load up this card? Or do you think it's just them being like, you know, we're going to do our thing. CM Punk's here, but we got to give these other people shines because like Malachi Black has been here forever. And, you know, all these other different little, I mean, everything was pretty much a B storyline, except for like the Christian Kenny stuff. And Jericho, I guess, but the matches I mean, weren't the best. I mean, that, that that's something that they're going to have to figure out because that's something that happens at WWE all the time is, you know, yeah, you can stack your card up all these, you know, lesser name people and put on some decent matches or you can have the same exact thing over and over and over and over and over again. And, you know, next thing you know, you're burnt out with the same storyline for the fifth time. So that's something that they just have to work out. Speaking of burnt out, Dominic, you burnt out? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty shitty. Okay, well, that's hate to see that. Hate to hear that. But, Dominic, we are done with the podcast. We are finished. We've gone over everything. Unless there's anything, Dominic, you want to bring up last minute. You any thoughts on Cristiano Ronaldo returning back to Manchester City? I mean... Or Manchester United, sorry. It's just, uh, you know, it's their answer to Messi. You know, mm-hmm. Messi, the greatest player of all time, so despite them playing in two completely different leagues. Messi, greatest player of all time. Mm, I mean, I don't know about all that. Messi, greatest player of all time. I mean, he's, 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 he's cool, but he's not Ronaldo. Ronaldo's a pretty boy bitch. I think you're just jealous that he's a pretty boy bitch. Yeah, and you're, yeah. And you're just a bitch. But at least I'm not a sick bitch. So thank you all very much for tuning in to the podcast. If you want to follow us on all the socials, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Curveballs and CS. If you want to be like Mr. X, send in an email, curveballandcs at gmail.com. Link tree in the description. Click on it. It'll take you to all the important socials and everything of that nature. Thank you all. Uh, no points and doings on Tuesday, Dominic. I, I believe so. I'm assuming there's no points and doings on Tuesday. But we do got the big, big show next week. NFL preview, all-out preview, everything and everything in between. So until next time, that's been Dominic for the studio audience, for the mascot, for everybody else, for Finn Finn, who was meowing a little bit, for the planes overhead and all the other different noises that went on during this illustrious podcast. Episode 201 of Curveballs and Chair Shots. Goodbye and good night. Uh, uh, bang. Evolution is a mystery for a change.